It's interesting to note why all of these readings were chosen for us today. The church is very deliberate in her choice of readings, and one of the greatest gifts that we've been given since the Second Vatican Council is the Revised Lectionary, because there is so much wisdom just in the choice of readings. So this reading from Genesis is given to us, honestly, partly, because of a translation error. In previous translations of the Bible, in the Vulgate, they misread the gender of one of the pronouns, and so this used to read, for many generations in Latin, until they revisited the Greek and the Hebrew and checked, but it used to read, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers, she will strike at your head, while you strike at her heel. That's why every time you see an image of the Blessed Virgin Mary, or many of her statues, she's got a snake under her foot. Because Christians saw this as, she is the one who was going to strike back at Satan. And she was seen as a powerful defender against the powers of the devil. And she still certainly is, regardless of the translation. But as they revisited the Hebrew and the Greek, they realized that the enmity is between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. And those pronouns referred to the offspring. And so it is Jesus, primarily, who strikes at the head of the serpent. And he strikes back. But that idea that Mary also strikes against the serpent continues to be very powerful for us and continues to be one of the things that we think about with the Immaculate Conception. Our gospel is chosen just to confuse everybody. Oh, okay, you're all well catechized, apparently. Lots of people think the Immaculate Conception is the conception of Jesus by a virgin. It is not the Immaculate Conception, but the Church still gives us this gospel today to confuse us. It gives us this gospel because in it, the angel Gabriel refers to Mary as full of grace. She was full of grace before she conceived a son through the Holy Spirit. She was full of grace when the angel was addressing her. That grace that she was filled with was the grace given to her at her own conception. The grace of being protected from original sin, saved from original sin, as the Collect for the Mass today says, by the sacrifice of her son which God had foreseen. I recently talked to our 8th graders about how God experiences all time simultaneously because he's outside of time. The Immaculate Conception of Mary and the salvation of humanity by Jesus on the cross for God happens simultaneously. For us, we have to use the word foreseen. He foresaw that his son would save humanity from original sin, and because of that, he was able to preserve Mary from original sin. She is the only person in the history of the world to be preserved from original sin at her conception. The rest of us receive original sin at our conception and then must be saved by it through the waters of baptism. But Mary did not require baptism because she received all of the graces of baptism at the moment of her own conception. And that's spoken about in St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. It talks a lot about this predestination. He chose us, so St. Paul is talking about God, he chose us in him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world, to be holy and without blemish before him. 
The way original sin works, certain theologians, and I believe Aquinas is one of them, believe that for the Immaculate Conception to be true, God had to engage in an act of new creation at the conception of Mary. That God, he's interrupting not just natural processes, but spiritual processes, and so somehow Mary has to be truly the new Eve insofar as she is recreated. Because original sin propagates, that's what it does. And so God had to, in a sense, pause all of the laws of nature and supernature just to create her without original sin. Well, the church understands the difficulty of that philosophically and, and talks about how God then must have chosen her before the foundation of the world to be holy and without blemish. This refers to us, in a sense, because if God experiences all time simultaneously, then he knows those of us who are baptized and follow his son, and he knows that from the foundation of the world. But for us, we experience that later at our baptism. But the idea that he would have chosen Mary before the foundation of the world elevates her status and tells her just how tells us just how dignified that she is. Now, you'll also notice in your red books a line at the beginning of the readings that says, Today is the patronal feast of the United States of America. And that's true. Every country, and really every state and city and, and parish, is allowed to have a patron. But you really only see it at the national level, and you see it in Europe at the city level, and then here at the parish level. But our patroness, the saint that we have dedicated and consecrated our country to, is the Blessed Virgin Mary under the aspect of the Immaculate Conception. And it's interesting to consider why our bishops, centuries ago, decided that she should be our patroness. What was going on in their minds? I haven't checked the historical record. This is all speculation, but I think it's pretty good speculation, so we'll see. My guess is that it has to do with the narrative of our country. Now, if you read older civics books, modern civics books a lot less so, we'll get to that, but if you read older civics books, one of the ways in which we talk about the United States of America and the benefit that the United States of America is to her citizens and then to the world is that we were created apart from the sins of the old world. When the first colonists came over to the United States, they were intentionally leaving behind everything that they thought was flawed about the European system they were escaping. Particularly, and this was true of all of the different groups, even though the groups when they arrived didn't agree with each other, but particularly we have this early narrative about escaping religious persecution. The Puritans in Massachusetts, the Quakers in Pennsylvania, and the Catholics in Maryland were all escaping religious persecution in the Old World. They were coming over in the 1600s, which was not very long, and in fact sometimes during, the religious wars in Europe following the Reformation. There's an asterisk on that, because even though we call them religious wars, there were Catholics fighting Catholics and Protestants fighting Protestants, because ultimately politics was more important than religion. But sure, call them the wars of religion, whatever. Even so, the narrative of our country is such that the people who came here were escaping the sins of the old world. And then, as the Enlightenment founders wrote the Constitution, they believed we were also escaping the autocracy 
of the old world and the kingship and all of the forms of government, we were given a fresh start. And so our bishops, steeped in this narrative, how our country thought about itself, said, what is the best example we have of that kind of fresh start? Well, it's Mary, under the aspect of the Immaculate Conception. She gave humanity a fresh start. She was able to begin again where Eve fell off. She was able to do what Adam and Eve were unable to do, which is to be born without original sin and to remain without original sin to receive the grace of God afresh and anew, and from her to bring forth a Savior who then recreated the world. The United States, at its best, is supposed to be a place where sin is left behind, and we start afresh and anew in the new creation. It's doubtful. Any of us feel like that's the narrative that's winning right now. Well, something to think about. When we talk about this country, there are certainly things that we did poorly and continue to do poorly. And it's fine to talk about. I've heard it, in fact, described in religious terms that slavery, from which we also get racism, is the original sin of our country, and that if you want to talk about concupiscence, most of the difficulties we have today come from the results of that original sin. It propagates forward. And so our connection to the Immaculate Conception is somewhat broken by our reckoning with our history of slavery and racism. But we need to remember what the Collect said. Mary was preserved from original sin by the grace of her son, by his sacrifice on the cross. The United States, if we want to dive back into our patroness, and rediscover what she was supposed to mean for us, the United States is also saved and redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. If we are to begin again, and anything that we did right in the first centuries of our country, all of that is based on the grace of the Lord. Everything that we tried to do with democracy, with religious freedom, all of the other things that we hold to be our gift to the rest of the world, all of that was only possible because the people who did it were formed and shaped by Jesus Christ. As we move away from the grace of Jesus, we dive more and more back into our sin. We lose our redemption. Had Mary never said yes to the angel, had she abandoned her son, had she not given herself over to the Holy Spirit, there would be no redemption. At that moment, she would have entered into the world of sin from which she was preserved. But because at every moment of her life she looked forward to the coming of the Messiah and then gave her entire life as the mother of God, as the mother of her Savior, she was able to continue in her immaculate conception, continue in her freedom from sin. If we want to rely on the grace of our patroness, we have to go back to that mentality. We have to say everything that we are is based on Jesus Christ. Every new start that we like to have, and Americans like to do a new start every 20 years or so, which is incredibly annoying and destabilizing, but here we are. Every new start that we have has to be a new start in Jesus Christ. Every new start that we have cannot be based on economic data. It can't be based on political science faculties. It has to be based on receiving once again the grace of Jesus Christ and allowing that to let us live afresh and anew. If our country wishes to live in the light of our patroness, 
If we wish to live into that narrative of living apart from the sins that we have inherited, it all goes back to Jesus Christ. We have to go back to Jesus. Our country has to go back to Jesus. If we don't do that, we're lost. But we have a very powerful patroness praying for us. She wants that for us. She wants us to live into that narrative. She wants us to model ourselves off of her. To receive from God the grace of a fresh start for humanity. And to use that fresh start as a place to make more room and more space for the grace and power of Jesus Christ.